Uh, during the break, of course, we had Christmas Eve this year. We hadn't had that in a couple of years. But everything was kind of concentrated on uh, Christmas Eve because, again, we didn't know if we were going to be able to pull it off. COVID has just kind of changed everything. So we were kind of like, okay, are we going to do it? Are we not going to do it? We made the commitment late in the game to do it. So everything, all of my energy, every bit of attention uh, kind of went to Christmas and Christmas Eve. So again, we had a great Christmas Eve. If you were here, you know that. It'll be bigger and better next year. But again, in, in planning, I try to stay way ahead. And I just didn't get ahead. And I haven't still, I'm still trying to catch up. Some of you just need to know that. I'm still trying to catch up. Maybe this is the week. But during that break that we took those two Sundays uh, off, I kind of started leaning in and like, okay, God, where are we going to go? Because again, the, the natural tendency is uh, to start the new year and pastors, and I'm not, you know, throwing anybody under the bus, they start talking about resolutions. But I, I just didn't, in my spirit, I didn't feel that. Uh, again, resolutions are important. I encourage you to do that if that's what you feel you need to do. But I was like, God, what, what, what do we need to do? What, what do we need to do to start this year? And it, it, in my listening, in my reading, in my watching, in my paying attention, it was like, Randy, you need to help my people hear my voice. You, you need to help my people be able to hear my voice. Because in, in this crazy world, in this culture in which they live, there, there are going to be lots of other loud voices out there that are demanding their attention. But I need you, Randy, to help my people hear my voice. And you say, well, okay, I, I kind of like the resolution ideal better. Why, why, why is it important to hear God's voice? I'll tell you why it's important. It's important because you live in a world like I do. We live in a world that's noisy. I mean, give it some thought. Even in your life this morning, which is a lot different than it is tomorrow morning. You wake up, the alarm goes off, the TV goes on, the social media starts pinging and chirping, and, and the traffic on I-40 is honking, bumping, banging. I mean, life can be one big bundle of noise. And if there's anything you need, it's the same thing I need. We need quiet. We need to learn how to discern the still, small voice of God. Because listen to me, Crossroads. The voice of God is the most important voice that you will ever hear. His words, his direction, his instruction over your life will change your life. It's the most important input that you are going to get in your life. I mean, think about it. I, I, I know some of you, you're, you're like me. I mean... I get that, unfortunately. I got it just a moment ago when I was looking at my phone. I think it's down there. Told me how many hours a day I was on my phone. Disgusting, isn't it? Because you think Facebook's important. You think Twitter's important. You think Instagram's important. But God's voice is more important than Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and CNN. And for some of you, let me just go ahead and say it, it's more important than Fox News. The voice of God. 
As a matter of fact, we learn from the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis. When God created, he spoke. That's his voice. What did he say? Let there be. Let there be light. And there was light. God used words. God used language. And all through the scripture, we see that God is a speaking God. Because all through the scripture, God is speaking to people. He's a God of language. All throughout the Bible, God is telling people. He's speaking people. He's instructing people. He's directing people. Now think about this. Even when God sent his son into the world, Jesus, it tells us in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh, and that word dwelt among us. Now think about that because you don't think about it in this context. When God chose a a, a word to describe his son, Jesus, he described him as the word. Why would God do that? Because God is a speaking God. On the day of Pentecost, when the church was born and the Holy Spirit was poured out, And all those people there began to speak in a heavenly language. Again, it was God's way of trying to communicate with us that he is a speaking God. So I don't know what you think is going to happen to you this year, 2023. But I can promise you one thing that I know is going to happen. God is going to speak to you. The question is, are you going to hear his voice? I know that God's going to speak to you. The question is, when he speaks to you, are you going to hear him? Anybody recognize this? They, they used to have these hanging on the wall of home. Some of you may still have one of these hanging on the wall in your home. We did not put one in our home because we don't use these anymore in our home, and we didn't in the last home that we were in. But again, this is what's called a telephone. And, and it used to hang on the wall, like in the kitchen, or maybe uh, it was on, a, on the desk in the bedroom, and you know it was beside the bed. So what, what, here's what, let me tell you what would happen. What would happen is this would ring. And, and you would go over and you would, you would pick up, this is the receiver. You would pick up the receiver and you would answer it. And guess what? You wouldn't have any idea who was on the other end. Because you didn't have caller ID back then. And every time you answered it, you took a chance. Because you never knew who was going to be on the other end. You know the thing I really like? It, this one doesn't have one, but I mean, it's, it's pretty good. They usually have those big, long cords. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, a big, long cord. I mean, you could be over here buttering the biscuits. You could be over here frying the sausage. You could be in there changing your underwear, you know, trying to get it all done. And again, you, know, you could still be on the phone. We didn't have wireless back then. And somebody would call, you'd run over, grab the phone, you, you were kind of, oh my gosh, I hope it's not so-and-so. And you would answer it on a chance. 
and you would want the person on the other end of that phone to identify themselves. But every now and then, somebody, somebody would call, and, and you would recognize their voice. My dad would call, and I'd know his voice. My mother would call, and I recognized that voice. And what I would give to hear that voice. Because you see, if my dad were to have to call me yesterday, he'd say, Randy, what about them wildcats? I know you Tennessee fans, but my daddy was from Kentucky. What about them wildcats, Randy? How, what did you think? I mean, we would oftentimes talk a lot on the phone during the basketball season. But listen, when he called me, I knew his voice. I recognized his voice. When Jenny and I were dating, we would talk on this for hours about nothing. Anybody know? I mean, we would talk about nothing. You know, uh, do you love me? Do I love you? Do you love me? Do I love you? I mean, I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Silly talk. I mean, I would line up at Belmont when they still had a pay phone and put the money in there with people standing behind me waiting in line for me to tell her whatever I was going to tell her at the very same time every week. But when she called me, I recognized her voice. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 27. John says, my sheep, um, Jesus, says, Jesus uh, said it, John recorded it. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Why is that important? Because it tells you that you can know the voice of God. You, you think this morning, you know, I mean, there's just no way that I could know the voice of God. Well, Jesus himself said it, my sheep know my voice. You, you, don't, you don't have to hope that it was God. You don't have to guess that it was God. You can know the voice of God, and you can hear the voice of God. Now, here's what I want to do this morning. I, I want to look at a story of a man who heard the voice of God. And let me just say this. If this guy learned to discern the voice of God with all of the noise going on in his life, then you can do the very same thing. Because the guy's name is Abram, who would later become Abraham. And, and here's the thing you have to know about Abraham. Abraham lived in a godless culture. Abraham lived in a godless society at a godless time. Abraham lived at a time when there was nobody talking to God. Nobody was trusting God. Nobody was looking for God. Nobody was following God. So if Abraham in that culture could learn to discern the voice of God, then so can you.
And what God said to Abraham changed everything. And not just for him. But it changed everything for generations to come. What God spoke to Abraham changed the course. Look, look, look right here. It changed the course of human history. And I believe the same thing holds true for you. Because whatever God is going to speak to you, that can change the direction and the projection of your life. So what did God say to Abraham? Look, look at what it says in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will... Now, let me just stop right there. I know what some of you are thinking, Randy. You've preached on this a hundred times, and I have, and I'm probably going to preach on it a hundred more. But I'm giving you a different context. Look, look at what it says again. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. That's the beginning of the story of Abraham. And let me just say this. Few people outside of Jesus have impacted the world in the way that Abraham has impacted the world. You may not know this. Christians, Jews, and Muslims, all three of those, hold Abraham. In high esteem. He is revered and esteemed by the Christians, by the Jews, and by the Muslims. They put him on a pedestal. And see, that's the place where I think we can make a mistake. We can read the scripture, we can hear somebody like Randy teach the scripture, and we hear about this guy, Abraham, and we put him on a pedestal, and we think, here is this extraordinary guy that God pulls and speaks to and uses in a godless culture to do extraordinary things. But that's not the way it was at all. Abraham was an ordinary guy that God spoke to and God used him in extraordinary ways. I mean, just think about it. Just give, give some thought to Scripture. Noah, David, Jeremiah, Mary, the disciples. All of them were just ordinary people. Ordinary people that God spoke to. And they listened. And God used them. In extraordinary ways. And that's what I believe about you. God wants to speak to you in this new year and do the same thing in your life that he did in the life of those people. The story of Abraham begins in Genesis chapter 12. And here's what's interesting about Genesis chapter 12. Bible scholars view Genesis chapter 12 
as the most significant passage in the entire Bible. I mean, even more important than John 3.16. How could you say that, you heretic? I'm not. Listen. Because without Genesis chapter 12, we wouldn't have John 3.16. If there were no Genesis chapter 12 and what we just read a moment ago, if Abraham had not listened and heard the voice of God, we wouldn't even have John 3.16. So Abraham's, so God says to Abraham, Abraham, look, look here, here's what you got to do. You got to leave everything that you're familiar with. You got to leave everything that you're comfortable with. You need to leave some things behind. You got to leave the noise that is distracting you. Because Abraham was living in a place called Mesopotamia. The B-52s have a really good song called Mesopotamia. They were living in the city of Ur, the first known human civilization. And archaeologists have discovered the, the, the things that prove that that city actually existed in what was Mesopotamia. So God said to Abraham, Abraham, I want to speak to you. But Abraham, for me to speak to you, there are going to be some things that you have to leave behind. So Abraham and Sarah and their nephew Lot and his family and their servants and their, and, and their kinfolk and their animals and their herds, they all got together and they headed out to a place that looks like this right here. Look, look at this picture. That's what it looked like. No Chick-fil-A. No Cracker Barrel. No Starbucks. It looked like that. That's what God said. God said, you know, I want you to leave all of the things that you're comfortable with, and this is what I want you to go to. And we're going to leave that up there for just a minute so you can see that. I want you to go out into the wilderness and head towards the land of Canaan. It's a barren land. It's a deserted land. There's wilderness. Look, just look. There's wilderness. I've been there. There's wilderness as far as the eye can see. And you just had to know that Abraham was going, okay, God, you brought me here? At least back in Ur, in Mesopotamia, there was some shopping, there were some restaurants, there were things to do. But God, there's nothing here, it's deserted. Let me just ask you a question. Haven't you had those times in your life where you seem like Abraham that you ended up there? You ended up in the same place? See, I think for all of us, I don't care who you are, I don't care how old you are, we can all look at our life, and some of you today would say, that's exactly where I'm at, but we can all look at our life and say that there were times where we, where we end up in that wilderness place. It's a lonely place. It's a dry place. And oftentimes, when we find ourselves here, we begin to resent that place. And we also resent God for getting us there. But that's, that right there is exactly the place that God wanted to get Abraham. 
that place right there, the dry, lonely desert place. See, here's what's interesting. What's interesting about the Hebrew language is in the Hebrew, the word for desert is midbar. The word, well, the word midbar really means wilderness, a dry place, a lonely place. The Hebrew word for speak is midbar. Now, here's what's interesting. In Hebrew, if those two words are written on paper, they are spelled exactly, they look the same. They look exactly the same. So we see God bringing Abraham to this dry, desert, lonely place for the sole purpose of, of being able to speak to him. He brought Abraham to this place so that he could have Abraham's attention to get him to do something that he knew could not be accomplished if Abraham and his family were still living in the cities of Earth. In fact, if you read the scripture, we see time and time again, God will lead his people to a quiet place so that he can speak to them. I mean, think about Moses, the back of a mountain so that God could speak to him through a burning bush. I mean, I mean just think about that. When God wanted to speak to the Israelites, what did he do? He, he took them out of Egypt and he put them in the wilderness. David wrote so many of the Psalms, like, well, like Julio read just a moment ago, in this kind of place, in a dry and desert and lonely place. I mean, even Jesus, before he would begin his public ministry, the Holy Spirit would lead him to a lonely place. Why would the, the Spirit do that? To prepare him for his purpose. So here's the thing, whenever, listen, I want you to hear me. Whenever God calls you to a dry place, a lonely place, it's not to punish you. It's to prepare you. When God calls you to that dry and barren and lonely place, it's not to punish you. It's to prepare you. God calls you to that place so that he can get you ready, prepare you for the things that he's about to do in your life. But see, here's the thing. So, so many times we see those places in our life as punishment. God is punishing us. But let me just tell you there, when you find yourself in that desert place, God hasn't left you there. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's brought you there so that he can speak to you. When you're there, he's got your attention because you're looking up, God, but where are you? What's going on? When you find yourself in that desert place, he's got your attention because God wants to speak to you there. You see, here's what I'll say about, I'm going to use three words. I'm going to say three things about the desert place. The desert place is a place of what I call separation. The desert place is a place of separation. God, God just had to remove certain things, certain noises, certain influence 
from the life of Abraham so that God could speak to him. He separated him from the things and the influences of Ur. It's also a place of preparation. It's a place where we learn how to depend on God and not on our own abilities. It's also a place of revelation. Because it's in the wilderness God would speak the truth to Abraham. The truth that Abraham could not learn any other way. So let me just say this. If you find yourself right now, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're sitting here, maybe you're listening later this week. If you find yourself in a desert place, don't ask the question, when can I get out of this desert place? Instead, ask the question, what can I get out of this desert place? What is God trying to say to me? God, what do you want to speak to me? What are, what are you trying to say? So God speaks to Abraham in that desert place. And when God speaks to Abraham, listen to me this morning, it's all about his calling. It's all about his future. It's all about the generations to come. But see, here's the thing I want you to understand. It's not just the fact that, Abraham, that God was speaking to Abraham but maybe more importantly, it's that Abraham was listening. And here's the thing. If you and I are going to listen so that we can hear the voice of God, then I'm going to tell you this morning, I believe that there are three questions that every one of us here and those joining us online are going to have to wrestle with. You've got to be able to hear the voice of God, but to be able to hear the voice of God, you've got to wrestle all three of these questions to the ground, and you've got to have an answer for these questions. Here's the first question. Look at the first one. What's God calling you to leave behind? See, I'm going to tell you this morning, I believe totally that some of you are joining us online. Some of you are in this auditorium. Some of you will listen and not see the, the, the video of this. You'll just listen to the audio from our website. But, but here's the thing. I believe that God is speaking to some of you and saying, you know what? There are some things that you've got to leave behind. Maybe, maybe it's just wrong thinking. Maybe you've been thinking about this in the wrong way. And, and maybe God is saying, you know what, you've, just got, you've got to leave that old, polluted, dirty thinking, you've got to leave it behind. Because here's the thing, you've got to leave that relationship behind, you've got to leave that, that job behind. Because here's the thing, you can't be who you need to be and who you used to be at the same time. So in order for you to be who God wants you to be and who you need to be, you've got to leave some things behind. Let me say that again. You can't be who you need to be and who you used to be at the same time. So what is God calling you to leave behind? Maybe it's a distraction. Maybe it's a website that you know you shouldn't be looking at. Maybe there's a distraction in your life that needs to be quieted. Maybe there are some voices in your life that are louder than the voice of God. 
and you just need to walk away from those voices. Maybe it's something in your past, unforgiveness, disappointment. Somebody did something to you. And somebody just wronged you, and you're just holding on to it. Maybe you're disappointed with God. Let me, can I just say this? And again, I, want you to, I will never try to be bigger and better than you. Maybe, maybe, again, you're just disappointed with God. And I get that. But that disappointment with something that God, you know, you feel like God caused or made happen, it's holding you back from the things that God wants to do in your life. What do you need to leave behind? Because here's the thing, if you're going to step into the new, you're going to have to leave some things behind. And let me just say this, there's no better time to leave things behind than in the beginning of a new year. January 2023. There's no better time to prepare to hear the voice of God than right now and leave those things behind that are keeping you back there. Let me, let me just say this so you understand this. On the 29th of January this month, we're going to start 21 days of prayer and fasting. And for some of you, that scares you to death. I understand, but there are multiple ways that you can fast. You'll see that in the worship guide. You'll hear me talk about it over the next... I'm giving you plenty of time to prepare. Go to Krispy Kreme every day now, okay? And be ready for January the 29th when we come together as a church for 21 days and we focus on what God wants to do in our lives individually and what he wants to do in the life of our church. We're giving you plenty of time to prepare. On that night, January the 29th, 6 p.m. in this auditorium, we're going to do a night of worship and prayer as we prepare to walk in collectively together and individually into that time of prayer and fasting. So here's what I'm expecting. I don't expect you just to show up on Sunday morning. I expect you to show up on Sunday night. And a still, small hush landed over the room. It'll be 45 or 50 minutes of just praise and worship and prayer to help you prepare your heart for what God wants to speak to you. That's why this is so important. What do you need to leave behind? Here's the second question. What does God need to say to you? Notice what I didn't say. What do you want God to say to you? But what does God need to say to you? What is it that you need to hear at this point in your life? Because as we start this new year, I believe that God has a word for you. I believe that God had a word for me. I told you last week, what was my word? Expectation. But I believe God has a word for you individually. And I believe that word is going to speak to you. And let, let me just say this. And not only speak to you, I believe that God is going to, I believe that word is going to carry you through life. It might be a word of encouragement. For some of you, that's what I believe God is going to do. He's going to bury within you a word of encouragement. And let me just say this. If that's a word... 
that God is giving you? Then let me tell you, you need to do whatever you can to get that word. Listen to what the word says in Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not feel the terror... Fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. And if that's the word that God gives you, you need to make sure and get that word. And you need to hold on to that word. For some of you, it's going to be a word of encouragement. And then for others, it's going to be a word of instruction because you need wisdom. You need wisdom. You're facing a problem in your life and in your business. And let me just say this. You don't need a good word. You need a God word. You need a word from the very throne room of heaven. You don't need somebody just speaking something good to you. You need God to speak to you. You need a Holy Spirit-inspired word, word that is going to be deposited in your spirit, and that word is going to give you wisdom and instruction when it comes to the things that you need to do. So I'm believing that in the coming days, you're going to have revelation from the Holy Spirit. And that revelation is going to help you with some of the things that you're wrestling with right now in your, in your life. But you're not going to hear if you don't listen. Can I tell you another word some of you are going to get? It's a word of correction. God wants to stop you right now with that word of correction because you're heading down a path that leads to death, not life. God's going to give you a word of correction because the path that you are choosing right now is going to lead you to a path of death. And he's trying to get your attention. And God's going to give you a word of correction. And when God is giving you a word of correction, Crossroads, listen to me. When God is correcting you, don't resist it. Embrace it. Because a word of correction is for your good. Every time God has corrected me, and he takes me out behind the outhouse regularly, it's always been for my good. Look at Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end leads in death. God's going to correct you from going down your own pathway says this in Proverbs 3, verse 11 and 12. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. So let me just say this morning, if God has a word of correction for you, don't reject it. Instead, embrace it. Let him speak that word to you. For some of you, God has a word of promise. Just like Abraham and Sarah. 
They had to hold on to the promise when it came to the things that God said he was going to do in and through their life. Because Abraham and Sarah had this promise that were for generations to come. God had promised them that their generation, that the generations were going to be like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And here they are, Abraham and Sarah, and they don't even have any children. But yet their offspring is going to number the sand on the seashore. And let me just tell you this, just, just understand this. Abraham was 75 years old. When God gave him that promise. And that promise that God had given him, it didn't even happen for 25 more years. But Abraham and Sarah had a promise that they could hold on to. See, I believe that God this morning has a promise for some of you. He has a word of promise. Listen, listen. He has a word of promise for you. That he's going to be that, that light in the darkness. He's going to be that anchor in the storm. But you're not going to hear that word if you're not listening. So you've got to pull yourself aside and say, what is it? that God needs to say to me. There's one more question that we need to wrestle with. And I believe this third question is more important than any of the other questions that we've looked at. And that question goes like this. What lies on the other side of your obedience? What lies on the other side of you saying yes to God? Because, see, here's the thing. The thing that made the difference with Abraham is not that he just heard God. But he obeyed God. He heard God's voice and he obeyed God's voice. That's the very thing that changed everything. And you know, I, I can look back at my life, and you probably can yours. A lot of us have heard the voice of God. A lot of you have heard more sermons than you actually need to hear. We've heard the voice of God speaking to us about something that we've actually prayed about. But it's one thing to hear. And we need to hear. But listen, nothing is released until you respond. Nothing's going to be released until you respond. So I believe it's time for you and for me to contemplate what's on the other side of yes. What's on the other side of saying yes to God? Because, see, I don't believe that Abraham was this extraordinary guy that God used to do ordinary things. He was an ordinary guy that God used to do extraordinary things in extraordinary ways. 
Abraham was an ordinary man who just said yes to God. Not yes, well, as long as it doesn't interrupt my golf schedule on Sundays. Not yes, as long as it doesn't mess up with my world and my finances. He just said yes. Yes, God, I don't really understand that I hate to leave Cracker Barrel and Chick-fil-A. And yes, God, I don't have Waze and I don't have Google Maps. I don't have details, but I'm just going to step out and I'm going to follow you. Yes, God, I will do what you ask me to do. Let me ask you a question. What would it look like if you were to do that? What would it look like if you were to say, God, I really don't get the picture. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to obey you. And when I get to the crossroads of what you think, God, and what I think, then I'm just going to trust what you think. I'm going to go with you, God, because you always know what's best. God, you're the creator of life. You're the author of life. You know how I should live my life the best. So I'm just going to follow your plan for my life. And God, when it comes to what the world says and what the Word says, I'm going to go with the Word every time. Because you know what? The Word never fails. It never falls. I can build my life on the Word. So what lies on the other side of obedience for you? What lies on the other side of you saying yes to God? Imagine what it would look like for you to say yes to God. I have a challenge for you over the coming weeks. And that challenge is that you would step out of the busyness. That you would step out of the noise and the chaos of life. And that you would just step into a quiet place so that you could hear the voice of God. Less noise, more time with God. Less noise and more time with God. Because here's the thing I guarantee you. I guarantee that if you turn down the noise, you're going to hear the voice from heaven and what God wants to speak into your life. I'm going to invite Lynn, Brenna, Curry, Danny, to come on stage because I want to do something just a little bit different. I want you guys to just sit there and I want Lynn to sing this song over you. As you prepare for these next three weeks of this sermon series. And also, as we step into that time of prayer and fasting later in the month. I just want them to sing this song over you. Listen to the words. Watch and look at the words on the screen and listen to the voice of heaven. 
as the words of this song speak to you.
other side of these next three weeks, on the other side of those 21 days of prayer and fasting, I believe there are things that are hidden from you that God wants to show you, that God wants you to see. But he needs to move you out of the noisiness of life so that you can hear his voice. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things, things that you don't know about. And I believe that's what God wants to do. So today and these next couple of weeks is really about calling us up and calling us out. Positioning ourselves where we can hear the voice of God. I'm going to ask you, if you will, right now, all across this auditorium, maybe even at home where you are, would you stand up? And if you feel comfortable, would you just put your hands out like I have mine? And it's just a posture of receiving It's a position of receptivity, if that's a word. Believing that God wants to speak to you and that you are open to receiving it. God, we thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for the word. We thank you for Jesus. God, we are your people. And your people are here listening. And your word tells us that if we will position ourselves to listening, that you will speak from heaven and we can hear you. Maybe today you need a, God, a, a word of breakthrough in your life. Maybe you need a God or a, a word from God of, of revelation, a word of correction, a word of encouragement, a word of instruction. I'm just believing that God will speak to you in only the way that he can. God, we thank you again for this time.